welcome. I'm Pastor Vince, and this is Applying God's Word, a Bible teaching ministry from the Word of God. This is study number 55, titled, Motivated by Love. As Paul declares in these first three verses, all that we do, no matter how grand, no matter what our achievements are, if it's without love, it'll be for nothing. Let's read 1 Corinthians 13, verses 1 through 3. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge. And if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. So here we see that a person can use their gifts and abilities to be involved in and perform any number of good deeds. But if the motivation was not born out of and rooted in love, it has no spiritual value. Some of us are motivated by some aspect of gain, vanity, or pride to engage the good deed. Many are deluded on this point and think they can substitute what is outward for what is inward. But remember 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Let's remember that what was said and displayed to us all by God the Father was love in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. We see here the heart and action of God. The motivation of his heart was love, and the action of his heart was the giving of his son so that whoever believes in him would have eternal life. Okay, so let's go back to 1 Corinthians 13 and pick up verses 4 through 6 for a look at some of the characteristics of love given to us in the passage. Verse 4, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Paul uses the Greek word agape to define love here. The ancient Greeks had four different words to translate love. It's important to understand the difference between the words and why the Apostle Paul chose the Greek word agape here. Eros was one word for love. It described, as we might guess from the word itself, erotic love. It refers to the sexual love. Storge was the second word for love. It refers to natural, instinctive love like family love the kind of love there is between a parent and child, or between family members in general. Philia is the third kind of love. It speaks of a brotherly friendship and affection. It is a love of deep friendships. 
It might be described as the highest love of which man, without God's help, is capable of. Agape is the fourth word for love. It is a love that loves without changing. It is a self-giving love that gives without demanding or expecting repayment. It is a love so great that it can be given to the unlovable or unappealing. It is love that loves even when it is rejected. Agape love gives and loves because it wants to. It gives because it loves. It does not love in order to receive. In our dealings and interactions with one another, we need to learn to be motivated by agape love as often as possible and pray for the Holy Spirit's enabling. Love in action can work anonymously. It does not have to parade itself or have the limelight or the attention to do a good job or to be satisfied with the result. Love gives because it loves to give. Not out of the sense of praise it can have from showing itself off. Sometimes the people who seem to work the hardest at love are the ones the furthest from it. They do things many would perceive as loving, yet they do them in a manner that would parade itself. This isn't love. It is pride, looking for glory by the appearance of love. Love isn't puffed up. To be puffed up is to be arrogant and self-focused. Love focuses on the needs of others. Paul communicates this idea in Philippians 2 verses 3 and 4. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. This is being like Jesus in a most basic way, being an others-centered person instead of a self-centered person. Paul is not writing about how love feels. He is writing about how it can be seen in action. True love is always demonstrated by action. That action has to stem from a love that is rooted and grounded in the heart. Love does not store up the memory of any wrong it has received. Love will put away the hurts of the past instead of clinging to them. It is willing to want the best for others and refuses to color things against others. Peter encourages us further in 1 Peter 4 verse 8. And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. The way to love others is first to repent. Turn away any sense of your own abilities, your own strength, your own works, your own history, and instead look to Jesus and ask for his forgiveness and his salvation through faith in Christ. Christ's salvation saves you, it forgives you of your sins, and it transforms you from the inside out. Love them from that inside out transformation. That's where the love will come from. Love is the fruit of this saving faith. You can't produce it in your own strength, 
but it's the work of God to bring it about in you. God requires the heart and without holiness, the most generous giver or the most religious person can never see God. God requires not merely works, but love. John 13 verse 34. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. God calls us farther and deeper into love for him, for one another, and for a perishing world. <laughs>